Dear Ryan. Yes. Do you know why we're here? Uh, I think because we're watching stuff. <laughs> it's because of Ultron, man. Oh. He's here. He's here I, with us. I have He's... strings, but now I'm free. There are no, no strings, strings on me. There are no strings on me. He's taking over this podcast. Yeah. Uh, it, it's no longer Infinity Rewatch. It's Ultron Rewatch. <laughs> uh, and it's Ultron First Watch because Ultron is discovering everything for the first time. Hi, I'm Andrew Fantasia. Who are you? I'm Ryan J. Whitehead. Nice to meet you, Ryan J. Whitehead. That's a lie. I've met you before and it was nice. It every was time great. I've met you, it's been I, nice. I've met you multiple times. I feel like every time I see you, I'm meeting you all over again. It's like 50 first dates. Every time we meet, somebody has to explain how we know each other. And we're like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Avengers Age... Oh, Ultron. First things. Uh, oh my God. First thing I want to get out of the way because this always makes me laugh and this is gonna be really stupid. But I used to work with a guy. I'm not gonna name names. I used to work with a, a gentleman who was a big movie fan, so he would always talk to me about movies. He's the one who I mentioned to you um, spoiled the the Mandarin twist in Iron Man three. He, oh this guy. yeah, yeah. This guy is. He was so weird. He had this weird thing with. Um, I don't even want to call it a speech impediment because it's not a speech impediment. The guy spoke perfect English. But he couldn't say the names of movies properly oh. to save his life. For example, he'd be like, hey, have you seen the new Honey Potter? I'd be like, what? The new Honey Potter? No, he didn't. Like, and, and he's not doing it to be funny. Like, he, he would just, I don't know, this is just the thing he did. And my favorite was the way he, he called, what, what he called this movie. I, if I was good at Photoshop, I would, honestly, I would make movie posters with the titles that he says because they're outrageous. The way he said this movie was Avengers Edge of Altor. <laughs> I like D apostrophe Avengers colon Edge of Altor. <laughs> oh man, that's I don't know where that came from. But, mm. but so we're talking about Avengers Edge of Altor today. Um, the second. Avengers I film. don't think I'll be able to replicate how he pronounces it. <laughs> I really don't. I can he every time I hear it, I'm like, I want to say it, but I can't. I say it so much to myself that now I actually have to. There's like a speed bump in my brain. I actually mm -hmm. have to think in order to actually say Avengers: Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. Because my mind automatically goes to Edge of Altor. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> this is uh, this is Josh Whedon's second attempt at Avengers, but this time after seeing how the Russos have done the art and design of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. it looks like he really embraced it. And just now we finally get to see the new Avengers, and and I love it. They're so well established now. Everything's kind of a little more settled in. Yes. As a team, uh, and this is a fantastic movie. So we, so here's the thing: we had Winter Soldier, and the only glimpse we got of Age of Ultron was at the end credit sequence of Winter Soldier. We got Strucker, and he's talking about genetic manipulation, mm -hmm. which is again another little little jab at mutants. Um, so damn uh, those mutants! Yeah, so beauty scum. <laughs> so we get introductions to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, who actually are officially known as mutants. Yes. However, uh, you find out later that they kind of tie in with Inhumans, so you you get that down the road. Uh, so in this case, uh, Age of Ultron kicks off. Um, incredible movie. Uh, any background we need to get into for this film? Well, background-wise, the only thing I can remember background-wise uh, for me personally was, uh, you know I love long movies, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a big, big fan of long movies. And Avengers, the first one, 
was a nice chunky movie. It was sitting at like 222 or something like that. It, was, mm-hmm. it had some heft, as it should. As it should. So I remember thinking like, okay, you know, Avengers 2 is going to be ginormous. It's going to be epic. Absolutely. And then I remember finding out it's one minute shorter than Avengers 1. Oh, And I, I wow. remember just thinking like, that's weird. Yeah. Um, but that literally, you know, that didn't really make an impact. It mm-hmm. still feels like an epic movie. But I want to address the elephants in the room here. Before we we dive in, there's an elephant. There is a big artificially intelligentized elephant here, and that elephant is this is more or less collectively everybody's least favorite Avengers film of yes. the four. Yes. Yep. Um, now you have already said during this episode that you really really like this movie, yeah. and I also really really like this movie, mm-hmm. and I've always been fascinated by the amount of people staggering amounts of people who will not only say this is their least favorite Avengers movie, but will flat out say it's a bad movie. I know a lot of people, hardcore Marvel fans who eat up Marvel, who buy all the action figures who are like, I love Marvel. I love this, I love that, and that age of Ultron sucked. And for, I could not understand where these people are. I don't get it. And I think the only reason I was thinking about this the other day to prep for this episode. And I think there's only one explanation I can think of for why these people feel that way. And maybe you disagree with me, Ryan. I don't know. Let me know what you think. But I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Give the, me that love. The announcement that we got at the El Capitan Theater, I can't remember the date. The mm. announcement when we saw the big Phase 3 slate, which included Infinity War Parts 1 and 2, because that's how epic it was going to be. That announcement came before Age of Ultron came out. Right. Yes, it did. So everybody sitting in that theater who's a hardcore Marvel fan mm-hmm. it already knows they can expect Thanos and the Infinity War. And it's going to be such an epic Avengers story that it literally can't be contained in one movie. They have to split it up into two. Yes. Everybody is already armed with that knowledge. And then they go in and they watch an Avengers movie that's not about Thanos or the Infinity Stones. It's literally just about them fighting Ultron. Mm-hmm. And I think that the experience was ruined for them. Because it's sort of like this. Imagine this, all right? Imagine you go out on a date with a person. Uh, you guys have been dating for a while, but it's not serious yet. And you guys haven't made it, you know, official, if you know what I mean. You know, you haven't gone the whole uh, nine yards around the baseball diamond. Mm-hmm. So you get you meet up with your date one evening to, to kick off the evening. And your date uh, is dressed in the sexiest thing you've ever seen them wearing. And they walk right up to you and they get real close and they say, hey, listen. Tonight, when we get back to my place, I am going to do everything you've ever dreamed of doing to you. And I'm going to do things you never even imagined being done to you. And then your date takes a small step back and says, but first, let's go bowling. (laughs) That's what this film did. I feel like that's what happened here. Because Marvel Uh. said, guys, you're getting Infinity War parts one and two. People lost their minds, but before we got there, we had to fight Ultron. We had to go bowling. And there's, I love bowling, but bowling is not sex. <laughs> so, there. Depends how you look at it. I, it, it does depend how you look at it. I, I think that there was just, Marvel kind of shot themselves in the foot by making that announcement when they did. However, even still, I don't. I think people are way too harsh on Avengers Edge of Altor. Do you agree? Yes, uh, absolutely. I actually did not 
think of that. Um, although I do agree with your opinion because I do. Rem- I'll never forget that Kevin Feige mm-hmm. uh, presentation at the El Capitan Theater. Um, it was unexpected. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, a lot of great announcements came out of that, uh, including an announcement that I was very stoked for, which was Civil War. Oh, yeah. Um, and when he announced it, he's like, yeah, we're going to do Captain America and the Serpent Society. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Cool, 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 no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And he's like, no, I don't like that title. We're doing Civil War. And brain exploded right there. So... The the controversy I heard about this film is that Josh Whedon never got to tell the story he wanted mm. because at this point Disney's taken over. Like Disney's got the hands in it, the budgets, money, everything. Yes. Now Kevin Feige still had very much control over the brand and how he wanted to go about it, but however he still had to report to um, Disney people about this film because in the end it's their money, which is totally understandable. It's th- their money. Um, being, being in the, in the industry I'm in, I, I start to see not, I don't get exposed to it too much, but I start to see how certain decisions are made. So in this particular case, what the politics is, what I understood was there's a lot of controversy about Thor's story in this movie. Yeah. And so there's apparently a deleted scene, which you can see on YouTube where Thor gets possessed by a, uh, spirit and ex- and in the spirit is uh, I don't know I can't remember if it, it is a character I should have done a little bit more research on that but God damn it Ryan I know. letting me down again I'm sorry all right okay. I'm sorry but he does it does explain a little more in detail as to what Ultron has and kind of not only connects the Age of Ultron story but sets up the Avengers story the next one the Infinity mm. War and that was stripped out. Yes. And we got, we only got this like flash of visions of what he's seeing. And it's actually, if you see the deleted scene, it does, it does fix the pacing of the movie a little bit. Like it's really good. Um, So yeah, it's, that was a big thing. And apparently there was other scenes that did not quite make it to the the light of day. Um, But Disney felt it was too dark and Mm. it was not... It was too dark, and they felt that they, the people won't get it. And so Whedon fought for it, uh, Feige fought for it, and it just wasn't going to fly. And that's why a lot of fans did not like this movie. Yeah, Thor's arc really feels patchwork in this. It re- you can see that there have been bites taken out of yes. it. Yes. Um, it's disconnected. You definitely feel disconnected. And again, and it's a real shame because Thor gets a lot of justice in these Avengers films. Yeah. Like he's got the right lines, he's got the right scenes, he's got he's just got these brilliant moments that really pop in yeah. these Avengers scenes. And um and this one, he was a driving force of the story. And and you could see it that there's a lot of like you said, there's a lot of missing sound bites and in, in, in certain approaches to the scene. So that's where I think this this movie gets a lot of controversy. My brother, my brother likes this movie as well. I will agree, it's not the best Avengers film. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, when you compare it to Infinity War and Endgame, but yeah. but at the same time, I think it deserves its place as a good Avengers film for sure. Oh yeah, it it has this. It's funny. I I did this video. I don't know if you saw it, Ryan, but you, you would love it. Uh, it's just like this little video essay I did on my channel um, about telling stories through 
movie logos through the color yeah. of movie logos right and i did the four avengers movie because this was right when end games logo got announced in the title and oh yes no i remember watching this yeah. yeah and i was talking about how the avengers age of ultron logo is all red and silver to you know reflect ultron because that's what color he is mm. but it's so weird whenever i think of this movie i never think of the colors red and silver you know what color i think of it's so random but yellow because to me this movie always represents the one where we meet the mind stone yes so i always think of yellow when i think of avengers mm -hmm. uh age of ultron it's weird yeah i'm a weirdo so so the movie kicks off and again uh, josh weed man props to you i honestly it's i understand that you wanted to like i understand that this was a hard movie for you in terms of the politics that went on mm -hmm. and you i think you did the right thing of just being like you know what this was my last film with marvel i had my run it was fun he got to do the character he's always wanted to do which is ultron picked a great actor to play him yes you know it's funny we've been talking about this casting stuff a lot i feel like uh, you know maybe we need to get into an episode about that potentially Ooh, maybe we do maybe we do um so uh so we're so yeah talk about david spade being casted for this this character beautiful voice uh wait not david spade uh, James Spader. James Spader. Yeah. Oh my God. So terrible. David Spader. That would be a whole other movie. Yeah, that would be a comedy at that point. Hey guys, it's me, Ultron. Uh, Brody. You wanna, you wanna, I don't know, see me kill humanity or something? I don't know. Sorry, James Spader. James Spader. Uh, he, what a voice. Whoa, what a voice. Um, and in the trailer, you really see, they really portray him as a very, very dark character. But the movie has a very overall lighter, lighter tone, so it doesn't give that, like, how dark this character is. Mm -hmm. And he is a dark character. But Weedon Man, uh, mad props to you for an incredible opening for, again, the second opening of a crazy big film and i love this scene it's a huge war zone but we're seeing all the avengers pimped out yeah. new outfits new tech new everything i have it written down so josh whedon opens up with this famous one shot sequence mm -hmm. so he opens up with a beautiful battle sequence where they're uh black widow's driving a truck uh, caps on a motorcycle and and thor just flying through the air knocking out a tower and it's cool how they're all like intertwining and moving around doing the pew pew and all this stuff i love the dialogue because it, it really shows you how established of a group they are at this point yes and they like it, it's such a cool little piece of symmetry where mm. his first movie you know when you get to the end the climax that's where you get the shot of all the Avengers standing yeah. together. That's where you get the one shot. Here, that's happening at the beginning. Because yes, at yeah. this point on, they're going to be deconstructed. They're, the first one was about constructing the team. This Assembling, yes, and disassembling, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, absolutely. And uh, so I wrote down, like, you know, opens with the... Uh, Whedon's been known for famous one-shot sequences mm -hmm. where it's just one consistent shot. Um, so the battle scene's a lot of fun. Um, but... Again, I'm really upset because, again, we have this character, Strucker, who's uh, been introduced and in, in the end card sequence earlier. And he has the twins with him, and the battle's going on, and he's just like, what the hell's going on? And they're like, it's the Avengers, uh, you know, they're all yeah. invading. And he's like, he's so brilliant that he's like, he's like, uh, focus your fire on the, the weak ones, and it will cause the stronger ones to close rank. Like, he's already got it figured out how mm. he can beat them, if he can get them. And he gets them. He gets Hawkeye. And gets Widow, and he causes them to have to, you know, start getting them closer. That's cool. But he doesn't use the twins. But I, I said I love Strucker's opening because it demonstrates he's a brilliant tactician. Like, he, he gets it, right? And it's such a waste that we don't get to see uh, more of that character. Now, 
I love the Avengers new tech in this. You can clearly see Stark's evolutionary journey uh, and how he influences the other characters. So now he's got Cap shield magnet, so he no longer has the straps. The the shield just magnetically attaches to his uh, his his uh, sleeve, mm -hmm. his glove. Uh, and uh, then you also have uh, Stark's uh, sentry mode. That's mm -hmm. new. He's now able to, because of Iron Man 3, he's able to detach himself from the suit. Now the suit can do its own thing, which is yeah. really neat. And I also put uh, Widow's got a new suit where she can conduct her electricity into her weapons that she's using, which is pretty cool to see. And then Banner's size-shifting pants. That was pretty cool as well. Um, and then, so the battle sequence is happening. I love every second of it. Uh, and, and then I love how they introduce the twins. Yeah, uh, we see uh, we see Hawkeye out in the woods, and he's waiting to take out the bunker. And he fires the arrow. Quicksilver catches it, and nothing happens. And then Hawkeye's confused. Quicksilver hits him, and then goes up. Oh, didn't see it coming. Mm. And I love it. I love it. It's it's such a comic book moment with the with like a one lining zinger, and then like yeah. you know using the powers. Um, but what I also love. Uh, what I also love about it is that Scarlet Witch's intro is creepy, and I would have loved to see more of it. Yeah. Like, this broken doll kind of movement, Ooh, and the door yes. shutting. Like, like she, her power allows her to distort reality. That's how her power works. Mm -hmm. And Doctor Strange in the comics is so afraid of her, because if she can't control it... It can legit distort everything. Oh, yeah. well, she killed like almost all the mutants in yeah. the House of M. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She like literally legit almost wiped out like a lot of mutants and, and a lot of characters. Um, not only that, I think in WandaVision, we're going to see her losing her grip mm, because of that this. makes sense. And that's I love that phrase you use, man. Broken doll. Like mm -hmm. that's exactly what she she's even dressed kind of like a doll. She's got like the the goth makeup yeah. kind of going on there. And I love the red eyes. Yes. Oh man, so I, cool. Uh she she was done really well. Um mm. even just the little taste we got of her at the end of Winter Soldier, I was afraid of her from that. Right. Um, because I've been familiar with her character and with Quicksilver, but I didn't really know what she was gonna be all about. I yeah. just knew, oh, she's Magneto's daughter and she has powers. And that was literally it. Um, so we got like their intro in a really satisfying way. And uh, again, more of what I love, I mentioned in our episode about Avengers 1, I love seeing the superheroes fighting each other because uh, we get these little moments. And in this movie, we got Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch against everybody. Mm -hmm. And we also get Hulk versus Iron Man. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're skipping ahead. Yeah, we are skipping ahead. But um, that... Opening thing was the opening scene was really cool, and I I found something odd about it though, and I wonder if you know if there's anything behind the scenes that um, that might shed some light on this. But this opening really feels like there's an extra adventure between Avengers One and this that they all have been going on, and we never got to see. Was that like because we know they've been going after Hydra bases? And they've been chasing Strucker around, whatever. It feels like there's a moment in there that we... Like, it's kind of like going from Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith. We know there were Clone Wars for three years. We just never saw them. 
has there ever been talk by Feige or something where it's like, that's a story that we'll tell one day? Like, is that a... There was mention that they were going to explore, uh, like, deep diving into the Avengers. But at the time, they didn't have Disney+. Plus, So I would imagine if, we, mm. if they had Disney+, Plus at the time, we would have seen kind of like an offshoot of the Avengers and, like, other missions. Because uh, Cap says, um, there's an enhance on the field, nothing we've ever faced before. So obviously they faced some level of powered powered characters, but this is just something new, different, and yeah. So yes, it seems like it's they've been doing this for some time. Yeah, because this is like the end of their run. Because then they have their rap party, and they're yeah. like, "Yeah, we're done being Avengers." Ah, uh, uh, the rebels. Yeah, so there's 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 definitely something missing mm-hmm. that I've always felt, not in a bad way, just like ooh, we there's there's a, a piece of lore here that we haven't seen. Yeah, um, and. The Wanda's vision that she gives to Tony, I think, is really interesting because it's essentially what oh, happens when Thanos man. shows up. I will say before Infinity War or even maybe after Infinity War, a lot of people broke that scene down because they felt there was a lot of information that is given. And there is. There is a lot of information that does tie into Infinity War and uh, Endgame. Yes. Uh, Cap's broken shield, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a big one. Um, and, uh, you could argue with Hulk, uh, cause Hulk's, uh, shown with like spears through him and stuff, but Hulk is afraid of coming out. So he's technically dead. Like, Hulk. right. Uh, and he does, he does struggle to win against Thanos and he does lose that fight against Thanos. So you could argue that Hulk was dead there too. Um, and also what Cap says to, uh, Iron Man, which is you could have saved us. Yes, Exactly. It's it's very and it's very full circle. There's there's also when they're uh, when Tony's in the lab with Bruce, mm-hmm. and and they're talking about Ultron, and Bruce is like, no, don't do it. And Tony brings up what he saw when he went through the portal, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, all the stuff we've been fighting here, that small potatoes. He goes, that up there, that's the end game. Boom. And he was yeah. literally right. He was literally yeah. Then Doctor uh, Strange shows up in that scene, and he's like, that's the name of the fourth movie. That's my Benedict Cumberbatch, everybody. <laughs> and he does that waving the hand thing. Yeah, and, and make them forget. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so we have the battle sequence. He gets the scepter. So this is Loki's scepter from the first one. Mm-hmm. And again, at this point, we still don't know uh, what what is in that scepter. I don't think we still have quite the... Uh, yeah, at this point, no, we, yeah, we're not we sure. Not, we're not sure. So he grabs the scepter, and then we get the kickoff, the Age of Ultron title, which is really cool, and I love the music. This one, the music in this one, for me, felt more adventurous with really cool tones. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I love, um, again, Thor and Cap and that have great lines on the ship, like, uh, uh, Widow's like, report on the Hulk, and he's like, uh, the, 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 oh man, the hell... He says the realms of hell are filled with uh, the screaming bodies and stuff like that. And he's like, but not the bodies of the dead, of course. No, no. It's brain deltoids, uh, moans and complaining. And, uh, <laughs> but, like, but he does say he does say hell, but it, it could be a reference to Hela where, yeah. uh, you know, where she is. Um, he actually, he has a line that for years after I saw this for the first time, I was mm-hmm. quoting it because I was like, this is one of my favorite Thor lines. It's later on when they're um, they're on the ship with Claw and um, Scarlet Witch is going after them again. Oh, um, yeah. Some, I think Black Widow is like, Thor, like, be careful. That lady is going around <laughs> giving everybody visions. Yeah, no. yeah, he's like, uh, he says something like, like I know I've, I've seen I've seen the witch's magic, but thankfully, I am mighty. <laughs> I am mighty. Yeah. 
Oh, he's like, have no fear. I, I don't think I, it is, uh, her magic is going to work on an Asgardian or something. I, yeah, I remember. It was really funny, though. There's a lot of good one-liners <laughs> yeah. in this one. Um, yeah. Oh, no, she's like, he hit, she hit me with that spell. Uh, but fear not, you know, I am mighty. I am mighty. But take special care. I, I have a feeling it won't work on or it will be... Yeah. Anyways, right. It was a good line. It was fun. I can't remember it word for word right now. But anyways, moving on. So we get the Avengers Tower first mm-hmm. time well established after the yeah. events of uh, the first Avengers. And I didn't notice something, and I'm probably really stupid. This is probably super obvious, especially if you live in New York. But right. in that establishing shot, you see uh, the statue honoring the firemen, yes. made out of marble, which is what they based the statue off in the end credits. I had no idea. I, I saw that statue for the first time in this rewatch, and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's from the end credits." So that, like, I, I'm, I'm. Everybody in New York listening to this probably hates me right now for not, <laughs> for not knowing that statue uh, existed. I think I'm they sorry. would hate you from the shield, the lack of knowledge on the shield one, the lack on of uh, when you uh, didn't realize the strategic homeland intervention. Strategic, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, shame. Uh, fun fact about that in the behind the scenes, uh, Whedon talked about the frustration of filming in the Avengers Tower because they actually built out each individual room thematic to each individual avenger so cap has like a 1950s room widow has like a spy room uh hulk has like a lab like we saw hulk's room hulk's room's the lab um but each character has a room thematic to themselves and we just never got to see those never got to see it damn and they have and in the behind the scenes they show you the rooms and it's and he said it was a shame because he just couldn't He's like, there was so much we could do, but we were we had a very strict schedule. Um, I love the party. Oh, my God. Um, so we have Helen Chu come in, and uh, it was interesting because at the time they were at the time this movie was being filmed, they were talking about filming in Korea, but they had to make an agreement to use a Korean actor or actress. Mm. I'm just gonna say actor because that's the appropriate way to say it now. Mm-hmm. Um, they had they needed to have a Korean actor in their show. Now everybody everybody was like once they announced that they were bringing in this uh this actress to play helen chu um they never mentioned who she'd be playing so a lot of people immediately went to like mantis oh she's gonna be mantis they're gonna have mantis in it and then other people went oh no they're gonna have moon dragon moon dragon's gonna be in it. moon dragon's like an alien xavier so she's very powerful um, you do see her in X-Men. Um, I would totally listen to a rock band called Moon Dragon. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were all like, everyone was all in a all in a tizzy about like what could happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, turns out she's playing this just the scientist called Helen Chu, which I, I'm pretty sure is not a character in the comics, but... Was it... Because I remember, I don't know if I have a note of it. Is it Chu or Cho? Because if, if it's Cho... I thought that was a reference to Amadeus Cho, who is the current Hulk in the comics. Yes, sorry. Yes, you're right. Is yes. It, so she. Okay. Yes, it All is right. Helen Cho, and she is the mother of the son. Ah, yeah, okay. Who, who is it becomes the the Hulk? Yes, you're right. I'm so sorry. It is Helen Cho. I'm so sorry. I remember reading that recently. That is right. So yes, she does play a comic book character. Yes, it is Helen Cho, and it is Amadeus Cho's mother. Mm, yeah. Cool. Um. So so yeah, uh, the party is where you. Yes, you the were, party. Yeah, that 
I could watch a whole two and a half hour movie that's just them partying yeah. and talking. Like, and isn't that fun? We even get to see Falcon. Yes. Like, we get to see Thor hanging out, and Thor drinks the the barrels built from Grimwall's fleet, uh, which is mentioned. The same battle is mentioned in Endgame down the road. Oh wow! Um, which is funny. Uh, and then, and I love how Helen Helen Cho Helen Cho. Um, was like uh good save by on there look at you look at all that nerd knowledge is rubbing off on oh you. yeah um i love how she's like will thor be there mm-hmm. like because like that joke actually plays out in agents of shield as well because uh they'll say like oh you know like you know avengers pff, whatever right and they're like clearly you haven't seen like thor's arms like they make like the ladies make make a lot of comments of how handsome thor is yeah and you, you see it a little bit with uh helen cho but you see it, you see it a lot in, Age, in uh, Agents of Shield. So, so I love at the end that we have the Thor lifting the hammer, yeah. or the lifting the hammer party. And uh, also, we got the the wonderful cameo of Stan Lee in the party mm-hmm. where he, they drink Thor's uh, Thor's <laughs> super powerful liquor, super mead, which is nice because again, he does make comments a lot about how he drinks these ridiculous drinks and like that yeah. they're made for immortals and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we have the lifting hammer party, and uh, I love that Iron Man tries to lift it with War Machine. Uh, they get the their their uh, glo- their gloves on, but Hawkeye makes a reference. He goes, "You know, I've seen this before," and that's obviously reference to the, the first Thor movie where he sees Thor struggling oh, to lift it. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, so yeah, and then we see Iron Man try, and then we see hulk try and i love how he does the fake hulk transformation everyone's like ready to freak out (laughs) um and then cap tries now they said they said down the road that this may or may not be true but i think we didn't confirmed it they said that cap could actually lift the hammer but he didn't want to embarrass thor and that's why it only lifts a little bit that's funny yeah so he's trying to show how he's 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 a uh, humble guy he's a humble guy so that was a big one um what i also remember loving about this party and every time i watch the movie i always mm-hmm. i find myself appreciating it is that maria hill's there yeah like they you know you don't have to have maria hill there if you don't want to like that's one less actor they could have paid for the day or whatever but no they went the extra mile they're like yeah. yeah maria hill should party with them why not yeah i like, think she has a lot more story that's still to be unraveled i hope uh, so because kobe smulders is cool she's so cool she's yeah. canadian too yes she More is More canadian actors we got i think we got three now in the marvel cinematic Ooh, universe where's the other two uh agent 13 it, oh um sharon carter sharon carter's canadian sharon carter's canadian okay uh and uh give me a second uh, the guy who plays uh, Shang Chi's from Toronto. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he's uh, uh, yeah. he's coming. I can't wait for Shang Chi. That's three. We have three mm-hmm. Canadian actors. Technically four if you count Deadpool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So suck it, Sweden. We have more than you in the MCU. Maybe I don't know. I haven't yeah. counted. So uh, I love this whole. I love the party sequence. I also love Ultron's come to consciousness, uh, mm-hmm. and they talk about how. The gem, they say there's, there's a, the, the staff, sorry, (laughs) Stark and Banner, we have to talk about their studying of the staff. Now they, he got, um, oh my God, Jarvis to scan it. And he said that the scepter has a housing for something inside. Yes. And then it is discovered that this, this thing inside 
is a neural network essentially it's it's and he talks about how it puts Jarvis to shame because Jarvis is an AI construct he's designed to interact with people right but the thing that that it that that's so special about the mind gem is it has nerves it has emotional center like it, it's it's its own consciousness it's literally a consciousness now that that might answer a question i had here because mm-hmm. i when when they're talking banner and, and tony are talking about possibly making ultron banner says he has a line where he's like artificial intelligence and he says it like it's a big deal mm-hmm. and i was like well why are, like Jarvis isn't Jarvis artificial intelligence? Why is this a new thing? Jarvis is not artificial intelligence. Jar- Jarvis, he technically is like he is a form of artificial intelligence, but you notice with Jarvis is he has to he responds to commands. He doesn't initiate anything, mm, mm-hmm. right? Like he's he's a uh, user interface essentially. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, so he's a UI as opposed to an AI. Um, so yeah, so when they mentioned that now, I love this now in the comics, we all know that Hank Pym designed Ultron. Yes. I know some people who refused to watch this movie simply because they learned that wasn't going to be the case. It was hard for me to accept it myself, um, because the Hank Pym story is actually quite fascinating because Ultron was designed, uh, using human thought patterns. Mm-hmm. That's how he was originally designed. Like Westworld. Like Westworld. Exactly. Ah. Exactly like Westworld, right? Now, the interesting thing about it is that Ultron learns because the flaw about Hank Pym is is that he's a pacifist. He doesn't believe in violence, right? Mm-hmm. And this, there's a problem. That he Hank Pym wants to solve the world through peace. And that's what causes Ultron to go insane and then do the what he calls the human imperative, which is, or the Ultron imperative, which is to uh, wipe out humanity because uh, humans aren't inherently violent. Right. So in order to fix that problem, you got to wipe them out, period. Um, so there's some interesting stuff there. And then what's interesting about it is that Stark weaponizes Ultron, which makes matters worse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a hard pill to swallow as a director's choice, but you haven't introduced Hank Pym in this movie at all. I always, I remember talking to my brother about this. I'm like, what I would have loved that they have done. Again, I have no right to like put any commentary in saying they should have done it this way. But what I would have liked as a fan is they said, oh, well, you know, there's a guy named Pim been working on AI for a long time. We could try it and then have that. So at least you have that implementation there. But again, it's it's too much layers. It's unnecessary, mm-hmm. right? And And I think at this point, we've gotten to a point with the cinematic universe and I think Marvel was trying to tell us this is that it's different. It's a different universe. Yes. It's like the ultimate comics. Exactly. You're getting the same stories and characters just played to a different tune. As I always said with the Marvel formula and why the Marvel formula works over most DC films and why DC has a hard time getting away from Batman and Superman is because what the Marvel formula in movies is they get the events right but the tr- they fix the transitions to mm. make it work to whatever they're doing. Yeah. Where DC tries so hard to just do everything differently, but still using the comics. Mm, and it doesn't mesh well. I see. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, so, we have the, the floor lifting hammer. So, I actually, when Ultron's introduced, you can see him develop a consciousness that's which is really fascinating and a very hard thing to do to convey in a movie so 
he wakes up and realizes that that Jarvis doesn't have a form, and he finds that very bizarre. And he's like, "Where's your body?" And he's like, "I'm not. I'm a, you know I'm in this thing." He's like, "That's weird," um, and and he he has one simple goal, which is like he wants peace, right? Uh, and so. I love how he figures out, he goes to try to figure out what peace is, then he comes alive. And I actually wrote here, thoughts on Ultron is that he's actually really underrated. Yes. He has some incredible lines that were very well written. Um, Like one of my favorites is, how can you protect something if it isn't allowed to evolve? And the best part is, that what makes this villain so great, is that Stark agrees with him. Yeah. It's it's beautiful, man. Ultron has so much, like, packed into this one little character is so much uh, deep, introspective stuff. And they really nail the fact that he is sort of like, he he's, how do I put it? He's like a, an 80-year-old child. Yeah. He has experienced all of human history, but he's still so new to all of this that every once in a while he just kind of throws a tantrum or like when, when he's with Claw and Claw says, oh, you're like, you, I could tell you're a Stark invention. And he's like, oh, don't you dare compare me to Stark. And he flips yeah. out. Like there's there's so much complexity to him. I feel like this is what a real AI would be like. Like he, he would kind of, he would be unstable like that. But what's what's like, I can't emphasize enough what's beautiful about it is Stark is can start, I, I even wrote, and Stark is convinced it isn't as bad as it seems, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, now he realizes that he's a little bit misguided, but he he doesn't disagree with what Ultron has. Like, like Stark Stark's thoughts are pretty dark, and that's I think that's where Cap starts to disconnect from what Stark what Stark is doing. So we have that scene after Ultron breaks out, and it's a, it's a cute scene. It's really well done. Um, and he says, I love how he says things like, I'm sorry, I know you mean well. And he's like, and uh, and I even love that the, the transition, like they're having this Thor lifting hammer party and he's like, how can you be worthy? You know, and he mm-hmm. starts to challenge them on right out of the gate. So well written. And after he leaves, Thor comes back and he says like, now they have the scepter and now we got to do this thing all over again. Yeah. Um, and I love how he hates Stark. Like he just picks him up by the throat and he's like, I got more than enough words to describe you, Stark. So well done. And you can see all the different personalities come in here. And I'm sorry, but Mark Ruffalo reminds me a lot of you, by the way, just oh, like the, mannerisms. Do not apologize. That is a compliment. And <laughs> the, I, I will the take mannerisms it. of banner is very similar to yours. Like the way the, his gestures and responses. But I wonder it, if that's because he's my favorite Avenger or because he's Italian. I don't know. It, all could, the be, above. it could be a matter all of the things. Above, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I love how he's like, not when I kill the murder bot. And he's yeah. like, did we? He's like, were we even close to building a murder bot? <laughs> And he's like, and that's when, that's why I love it. Like Iron Man's like, just like assessing the situation. He's not like, like, this is not bad. Like, he's like, we were going for something else. Like mm-hmm. it's really well thought out. And then, uh, and the cap is like, every time someone tries to, uh, someone tries to prevent a war before it starts, before it starts and ends up, you know, people die. Right. Yeah. And I love time. that. I love that every time. And so we get that, and then 
we have Ultron meeting the twins. Ooh, and, and I, I, I love this moment. I wrote this down. Mm. That scene always sticks in my head where they're in the church and he's got that cloak on. Like he's, it, It's very Doctor Doomish. Yeah. Uh, and especially because they're Eastern European and it's in Eastern Europe, so it, it just has more Doctor Doom vibes like Latveria and everything like that. Funny you say that. It's actually a famous comic book cover of Ultron. In that chair in the church? In the chair on the oh, church with the no red, red cloak over him. It's, that's it's great. It's his like, first comic. That is so cool, man. Yeah. And, uh, that's, and he uses the line, the geometry of belief. The he, geometry op- of belief. The opening line when he meets the twins, he's like, did you know that this church was built in the very center of mm-hmm. this city? Because mm-hmm. they all wanted everyone to have an equal opportunity to be close to God. And yes. he's like, I love that. The geometry of belief. Uh, it's And again, I, I need to... Um, like, Not only is Ultron underrated as a character but even just like the special effects work on him because yeah. i don't know if it's this scene or if it's later i think it's here where the twins kind of tell him their their sob story about the stark missile mm-hmm. they they basically tell him their origin and they cut to ultron at one point just looking at quicksilver just he's not saying anything he's just looking at him and he's kind of assessing him like his eyes are looking him up and down and then his eyes flit over to scarlet witch and i'm just like damn that is great acting on a character who's not even there i know yeah i, I don't know if james spader did mocap or not but that that character was listening to what was being said to him like it was so it was very awkward. much like Ruff, uh, ruffalo actually is that he was there he had a bodysuit mm-hmm. and they he, they kind of did like a motion capture walkthrough with him oh, okay but he had he had this giant backpack with or sorry he had a backpack with a giant pole sticking above his head with two red eyes so people had an eyeline oh for them to look yeah because ultron's a lot taller than a normal yeah. person yeah yeah so that was super cool how oh, wicked mm-hmm. um so uh man I, I didn't write the part of why i wrote this but i'm gonna explain it as best i can it can't be any worse than my race car tony stark thing mm-hmm. so <laughs> i still don't know what that was <laughs> Okay, so the theme of these twins is talking, and and the theme of the movie, I think I'm finally getting it all together, because Ultron states right out of the gate, sorry, okay, let me start from the end credit sequence. The end credit sequence of Winter Soldiers, um, Strucker says, this is not, uh, this is the age of miracles, Mm -hmm. which is a clever way of talking about evolution, because he was able to finally successfully do these tests to help these two people evolve and get powers. So they refer to them as the enhanced because they couldn't use the word mutant, which right. I'm sure Whedon would have loved to use. Oh, yeah. Uh, so He would have been astonishingly happy to use that word. Ex- <laughs> exactly. Now, Ultron talks about how, uh, how can you protect something if it isn't allowed to evolve? And he does love the twins because they are the next evolution. And he does oh. say the word next evolution. And um, the interesting thing here is that it seems like the MCU is like in terms of terms of the characters thus far, you have to understand aside from Cap, they haven't been able to do any sort of genetic manipulation of any kind, except for the Hulk, who's an accident. Yeah. And you can't replicate that accident, right? As as proven in the Incredible Hulk film. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the MCU at this point is getting the characters used to the idea that people can get enhanced and they can change. 
and in fact, you see it with Cap trying to understand it in the Avengers. He's like, so this banner guy tried to replicate my, like, like tried to recreate me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, he's the only one that tried to recreate the serum and all that stuff. So it seems like the MCU was preparing to and going in the direction that, like, get ready because mutants could be a thing because Ooh, of the twins. All right. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, that's, um, and it's it's indicative of what's happening with the like in our world what's happening to the MCU because it is always evolving. Mm-hmm. By the time we get to Avengers six, there might be one OG Avenger left on that team, and everybody else yeah. is going to be somebody new. Absolutely, and and that's it. Like we might get Falcon might be the last last member from our generation of Avengers that like could be the you know the 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 torch passing character to the the new completely new roster yeah and uh and so but what's interesting is is that even what's what's crazy about this is is that stark again stark's character is constantly learning because i have a feeling that he meets these kids which he does meet the kids in uh in the the boat scene which we'll talk about soon in africa um and he uh, he explains that oh you know these kids are like tortured by Stark's legacy. Yeah, and I thought of you when that happened. Yeah, yeah. you did because it's a thing. I'm telling you, it's there's so much careful planning in these movies. There's there's no reason why he's like there like out of all the responses Sparks had or Stark has had when that kid says oh you're funny Mr. Stark you know leaving mm-hmm. all he's like this is your history right here like these like building weapons and he's like. His immediate response is, this was never my life. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me like he's trying to, you know, uh, repent here. And I think that's why that's why the next uh, the next movie, he goes out and has a plan to find a young, superpowered individual or enhanced Ooh, individual. Because yeah. now he knows that there's people out there that are enhanced and they need guidance. Yeah. So Very that true. I wanted to point that out. And that's why I mentioned the X-Men. Uh, it seems like X-Men could be the next evolution. Which, even in the X-Men movie, the first thing they talk about is human evolution. How cool would it be? This might, this will probably never happen, but imagine we get an X-Men movie yes. in, this, in the MCU, okay? Which we will. Which we will, yeah. yeah. That's not the impossible part here. No, no. Uh, but imagine like the prologue of that movie before the opening credits <sighs> oh is a flashback with Ultron and the twins. And, you know, they're talking to him or, or something like that, and mm-hmm. he's like... And they're talking about human evolution and being like, well, why don't we uh, evolve instead of you killing us all? And Ultron kind of goes over in his head and he's like something along the lines of what Doctor Strange says in Infinity War. Where he's like, I've done all the calculations. I've seen a future where you evolve in this certain way. And we see like flashes of what is to become the X-Men. And he's like, that doesn't end well for me either. Like he, he's not a fan of that. So he tries to stop it. And then what we get is is what he saw. You're not wrong in the in the essence that it could be a possibility because he talks about later on Scarlet Witch figures out his plan in in uh, Cho's lab, mm-hmm. and she goes, "You're gonna kill everybody." And he's like, "No, he had humanity has every chance mm-hmm. to be stronger and evolve from the experience." Yeah, and and she's like, and and then Quicksilver says, "And those who doesn't," and he's like, "Yeah, tough luck, son." Yeah. Oh, Ultron's so scary. Uh, all right, I have a question time for you. Yeah. Question. You and your brother Nick. Yes. Tell me what your faces were like when the word Wakanda is dropped for the first that time. That was my next note. Oh, <laughs> I knew it. 
That's my next note. Uh, first of all, I knew who Ulysses Claw was right out of the gate. Um, and I love that it was Andy Serkis. Again, why? Oh, why, Marvel, did you get rid of him? <laughs> So many good villains just being wiped out so quickly. Listen, it's Andy Serkis's job to pretend to be the main villain and then have his underling kill him halfway through the movie I and take God, over the script. Yeah. That's, that's his job. But uh, anyways, um, so, okay, so what I love about this is they talk, and again, talk about cinematic universe and connecting characters. So Claw and Stark have been to conferences together mm-hmm. or black arms dealings are happening. Um, so I love that. And then again, um, your, your cinematic version of yourself, uh, Ruffalo talks about, uh, Hell yeah. uh, the I'm wor- really behind this philosophy where, yeah. where Thor goes, Oh, like what's the tattoo there? Or no, what's the mark there? And he's like, Oh, it's a tattoo. And he's like, no, that's a tattoo. The mark on his neck. And he's like, that's a brand. And then they find out that it's, I love how they do it too. Everyone knows every comic book fan knows what it is right out of the gate. But I love how he stumbles on the word. And he's like, Wakanada, Wakanda. Yeah. And right out of the gate, it's just like, mic drop, Black Panther, right there. What Holy did you guys geez. do? What did you do? Oh, goosebumps. I'm, oh. I'm starting to get goosebumps just talking about it. <laughs> uh, because, again, it was an expanding universe moment. Is Now yeah. we've established that Wakanda is in the cinematic universe. And, so, and then the beauty part is, is that we get to go to Africa and we're... And the cool and the the other layer of this is is that when we go to Africa, they, they go to these shipyards, and how Black Panther has been introduced in the past in certain comics is he's always a stowaway on ships. Oh, cool! And he's always praying, like stalking his prey. Um, so it's really really cool. Uh, so it was really awesome to see that mention of like Ulysses Claw, Wakanda. And the, the the rarest metal on earth, and uh, and I love that Cap is like, oh, I thought your father got the last of it, and he's like, hey, well, you know, and they're kind of debating it, and uh, we find out that it's made of vibranium. Mm. Uh, it's and- what vibrators are made out of. <laughs> so uh, so we get to go to Africa, and then we see Ulysses Claw, Andy Circus, yeah. beastly looking dude. Now he's another character who I knew very well from the trading cards. Yeah. But I always knew him as the guy in like the purple and red jumpsuit with the the big metal like arm. sound thing on yeah. his arm. Um which is not the case here at all. Uh he's got no powers to speak no sound powers to speak of. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, ever, I guess. <laughs> I guess now. Yeah, I guess but but he does lose his arm. Yeah. Which is cool. I like that. I like that though because again, when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, interesting. He doesn't have his. He doesn't have his arm." Right? Yeah. Uh, or he has his arm, and I'm like, "Oh, his arm's not like a sound cannon or anything." And then we see his arm get chopped. Yes. Uh, classic Star Wars slash. I don't know. There's a there's a storytelling tactic that that's referenced to, but. And I love that it's Ultron that mm-hmm. takes it off too. Like it's just such a nice piece mm-hmm. of lore. So, so yeah, talking about evolution and the scene where, where Stark finally catches up with them. And I love the line that Ulysses Claw, again, it's so clever how Whedon connects these characters. Is Ulysses Claw references the, the, he, that he mentioned Stark and he's like, oh yeah, Stark used to say that to me. Keep mm-hmm. your friends rich and your enemies, enemies rich and find out which is which. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so. That was really cool, and then we have this incredible fight scene with Quicksilver and and Scarlet Witch and the playing the mind games. I love how they shot Quicksilver. 
the speed running. Yeah. Um, Because at this point, the X-Men movies, they were using Quicksilver and they were doing these slow motion like running sequences, which is cool. But what I loved about it is you see like these flashes of silver streaks. Mm Mm-hmm. And you see, like, his body posing through these streaks, which is really cool. And I love the punch, the uppercut punch. He does the cap while he's throwing the shield. Yeah. I love all that. And I love how he tries to catch Thor's hammer. He gets yanked, yanked one way. Um, I, I have to admit, this is going to be really mean. Um, there are some actors, very few, yeah, like, very few, who, for some reason, they just rub me the wrong way. Like, there's just something about them that skeezes me out and I don't like them. Yeah. And Quicksilver is one of them. This guy, I don't know what it is about yeah. him, but he just, he makes my skin crawl. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit happy with what happened at the end of this movie. Uh, I will explain. Actually, I have a, I have a reason why that went down. So I will mm. explain why and how that went down. And I agree with Whedon's choice on that. Mm. Um, I, I, I am sad though, because it's a character I would have loved to have, uh, it's just another Marvel hero. I'd love to see more yes. of. Um, because at the time, anything we get that's Marvel, I would, I just want more. Oh, of course. Right? Uh-huh. So so we have that scene. And now so now we get to the part you were talking about earlier, Thor's vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one, <laughs> I actually wrote WandaVision. Uh, so we see actually, and the timing of the time of this recording, the final Black Widow trailer came out, and we also get to see Widow's uh, yes. past of the Red Room. We see the Red Room. We see that house. Um, I now I can't remember how the house looked in her vision here, but mm-hmm. was it identical to what we're seeing in the trailers? Yes, it is. Beautiful. That yeah. is dedication, man. I that love is that dedication. It's the very same house, very same scene. I think they actually just used the same uh, clip from the uh, from the thing. Um, so, so yeah, we get to see Widow's backstory a little bit and they, they do use the Red Room, which is great reference to Widow's comics. Um, and then we see Cap do the, uh, uh, Cap do his sequence and I love it because again, it's a good story nod to like him being reluctant to go back to a life that he, he just wasn't fit for, I guess. Yeah. Or he felt he wasn't fit for. Uh, and then Thor gets his classic line. He's like, uh, he talks about how it has little effect or he feels it has little effect on him. He's like, have care. Don't be afraid. I am mighty. And then it goes into his vision. Now Thor's vision is interesting because Heimdall grabs him and Heimdall said, Thor leads them to hell. And he's like, you're a destroyer. Odin's son, see where your power leads. Mm. And if you watch Ragnarok, that is some severe foreshadowing. Oh yeah. And it's, um, it's very telling too that uh, you know of all the people mm-hmm. in Thor's orbit, of all the people in his world that he could have seen, it's the one person who's going to end up dying. Yes, uh, the visions really seem to have this this cool tie-in with death. Uh, you know, Tony sees the death of the Avengers, mm-hmm. which for the most part does happen. Um, Cap sees Peggy, yep. who does die uh, of old age, mm-hmm. um, and Thor sees Heimdall, who gets the who. You know, Thanos just messes him up. Yeah. So there's, uh, I don't know how much was planned ahead, but it's there's a lot of death in these visions, Scarlet Witch. I think Witch. it's it's heavy foreshadowing mm. um, because, yeah, uh, going back to Cap's vision, I think that he realized he can get a second chance when in Endgame he gets a second chance. Yeah. And what does he do? He goes back. Yeah. Exactly, exactly like the vision was was Wanda's vision. Sorry. WandaVision. WandaVision. So that was really cool. Now, what's interesting is 
I love that Hawkeye was like ready for it and just hit her yeah. with it. Um, I will say with the twins, um, there was a lot of talk about the dialect coach because they had they wanted to get the accents right because they are from uh, I think they're from Romania or something like that. But they're supposed to have a they're supposed to have like a really they're supposed to have the accent they have. Now, a lot of people commented on how broken it was because they felt mm. that the characters dropped out of their the actors dropped out of these accents. Um, and I think that I think that it's one of those situations where honestly, it's not about the accent. I think that they gave you they gave it their best and I love how uh Scarlet Witch as she grows in the movie series, she loses her accent but still has it. And I think that Yeah, that that's very realistic. You know, yeah. she's hanging out with all these Americans. I I think that's interesting that you say Romanian. I didn't know that mm-hmm. uh, about those characters, but it makes sense now because Scarlet Witch especially has, every once in a while, she gets really Dracula yeah. with the way she speaks. Mm-hmm. So makes perfect sense. Yeah, so, and I love how she puts the spell on the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? They never talked about what it did to Banner or Hulk. What he saw? Yeah. Yeah, we don't know what it was. And then we get the beautiful oh, Hulkbuster scene. Oh, do you remember that? concept art that was the first thing they ever they showed the god the 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 hulkbuster gauntlet yeah Yeah. oh that got me so excited and again another great i love seeing the 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 matchups the avenger on avenger action hero versus hero hero versus hero and we got hulk versus iron man and again they they go the extra mile they're like well let's not just make it hulk versus iron man let's make it hulk versus hulk buster yeah iron man oh it makes me so happy it's a crazy scene and i i literally put hulk Hulk versus Hulkbuster, just wow, um, and it's a it's a beautiful scene. And considering it's very heavily CG, they do a great job of making it feel there oh, happening, um, very as as almost as close to practical as you can get. Yeah, uh, and they do use some practical moments uh, to make it feel real there. Um, and I again, what I always say is that it's funny. Something I grew up with in acting a lot. My, my old college used to say, and then our, our teacher used to say it a lot, is that acting is reacting. You're reacting. Yes. And every time the Avengers face the Hulk, there is beautiful reactions. And one of my favorite ones that is so funny to me, and I still bust my gut laughing every time I watch it. I, I, when I watched it this time, I laughed. Is after um, Iron Man hits him with the elevator, he flies in and just delivers this beautiful like hook onto his onto Hulk's face, and Hulk spits out a tooth, and then it shows it shows Stark's reaction. He's just like, "I'm sorry." Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. every time, every time I laugh so hard, like because and again because the reactions sell the scale of and intensity of the Hulk. Yeah. Oh man, that mm-hmm. that line, man, that mm-hmm. line is beautiful. Uh, uh, and then that after that fight, you know things are grim. Yeah, uh, as they should be. You know they really messed up there. You see the and I love that Hulk after he gets his like tooth knocked out and he gets knocked out twice with the the huge building drop thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets out of the building wreckage and he looks around. And you can just see these people afraid of yeah. him, and you just really get the gravity of the situation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we we saw in the first movie how devastating he was to Shield 
Mm-hmm. But we didn't get a great glimpse of how devastating he is to society, and now we do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and again, he like Banner talked about in the first one how he broke Harlem, but you still don't feel the gravity of like what really happened there. Yeah. Even Stark doesn't seem like he's bothered by it, which uh, which again, you should really take some time to talk about it. But you I, know who should have talked about it? Actually, sorry to interrupt you, mm. Luke friggin' Cage. He never stops talking about Harlem. You think yeah. somebody in that show would have been like, "Remember when that green guy messed up our world?" Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He should be afraid of that because, like, like Hulk is the equivalent of like a tornado coming through a city. Yeah. Like, like there he, he is right now outside your window. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, like yeah. So so that's why I love that reaction. As funny as it was, it still to me just goes to show how intense. And you notice how Stark, the suit, his Iron Man suit is supposed to protect him from everything. Yes. Right? And look at the Hulkbuster. Like that that suit's like three, like four suits on top of him. And he's got to wear that in order to control like the, the Hulk suit. So it's pretty big. I remember reading about the design of the Hulkbuster suit was made to be like, mm-hmm. Tony created it with that weird sort of shape at the top so that the Hulk couldn't just rip off his head. Yeah. Because his head is just kind of sunken in the into the it's shoulders shell. of the yeah, suit, yeah, yeah, in the shell. Um, so then we get the the super wonderful and everyone's favorite scene, the Hawkeye safe house scene. Oh my god! This is the, this is what everyone thought that was an Oscar award winning experience. Linda Cardellini mm-hmm. is one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Oh, I have such a crush on Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got to that house and i saw her there i was just just drooling right um oh i love it and i have another mandela effect for you we talked about mandela effects before right yes. you remember what those oh, are? oh i loved when you dropped it the first time i love that reference yeah so i had one here that um messed with my head because i was watching it and i'm like oh i remember something different happening what mm-hmm. i remember happening which doesn't happen is when thor looks down and sees hawkeye's little girl come running up to him I have a memory of Thor picking her up and like looking at her, like holding her up to his eye and just staring at her like he's never seen a, a toddler before and then like setting her down gently and she like smiles at him. But that doesn't happen. No. I have a clear memory of it though. That's weird. What am I confusing it with? Uh, kindergarten cop. Does he do that? He picks up he picks up a girl in overalls and he looks at her by the overalls and she smiles at him. Or sorry, and then he puts her down and oh, then smiles at him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Hawkeye Safe House. So there's a lot of controversy with this scene. Um, one is that the conversation is is that um, the conversation was had by Whedon and uh, Jeremy Renner that they wanted some sort of story for Hawkeye. Yeah, which does pay off mm-hmm. when you when you comp- now that we're going through Infinity Rewatch, now that all the movies are out, this pays off mm-hmm. big freaking time and. Props to the if this is true. Props to to the three of you because you would have had to pass it by Feige. Props to the, you guys looking that far ahead to create a situation like that because Hawkeye Safe House is by far everyone's most controversial scene. Everyone hates it. Really, a lot of fans I know hate the scene a lot. It really breaks the movie's momentum and it gives you information you don't need. Wow, I disagreed so much really? with those people. I I love this. This scene reminds me of the scene in Ninja Turtles where they got to hide out at Casey's farm. Mm-hmm. Like, because shit is bad and you need to regroup and you need to get back yeah. to, you know, you just have to start from scratch. And that's what the safe house was to me. Right. But well, I'm talking about Hawkeye's family. 
Hawkeye's family. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Everything else, uh, maybe the Black Widow Hulk things kind of, but everything else is awesome. Everything else is awesome because you get you get the start of Civil War with uh, Stark and Cap. You get uh, Thor going off on his little adventure. Um, I will say that I'm okay with the Banner uh, Romanoff love story, but I'm not convinced. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I'm not convinced with it. Um, but that's just me. Uh, I get where I get where there's some really good storytelling potential. I do agree with Ruffalo that it, they didn't give it enough of a college try to really build out that relationship enough. Okay. There's a cute moment at the beginning. I like the bar scene yeah. where he's like, he just doesn't get it. And again, that reminds me of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're right about that too. And again, there might be there might be history between these two that we just missed yeah. in that chunk of time that we never get to see, where they're yeah. avenging around the world and 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 like you got to remember too. In the first one, those two met in India, and and he scared the crap out of her. Yeah. So where is this relationship kicking off from? Right. Right. Like I, there's there's nothing that makes me go. Where's that there's something there. Like, I just don't see it. I think for, for me, the only place where I can see that they have history is the fact that the lullaby, the thing. lullaby thing yeah. indicates that these two have been doing this for a long time. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like the lullaby thing is a really incredible piece of that puzzle, mm-hmm. but they would have had to learn to understand each other in order to get that connection to work. Right. So where is that? That's it's, what I want to see. Yeah, it's somewhere in those three years of avenging that we never got to see. Exactly, That's what it is. right? So, so yeah, so the safe house. But what, what I love about the safe house scene is Cap in Iron Man's conversation. Chopping wood. Chopping wood. And, and what I love about this is, again... There's so much storytelling that's not spelled out for you, but with Iron Man's story, and this is why I keep saying legacy, guys, because like you're starting to see it now. They're really th- in emphasizing this this message that Iron Man gets it, mm-hmm. he gets what's going on, and he's seeing it way before it's going to happen to him. Yeah. So what I love about this scene is they're chopping up the wood, and you see that Stark has to do a couple chops before he can get it, where Cap just literally does one and it just separates it, mm-hmm. right? But what's interesting here is he's like, um, he's like, oh, everyone seems pretty shaken up. And then, and Stark is like, well, you don't seem shaken up. And he's like, I don't trust someone without a dark side kind of thing. Right? Yeah. And then Cap goes, well, maybe, maybe I do have one. You haven't seen it yet. And this simple thing, simple thing, he rips the wood oh. right in front of him. Yeah. And you see the fear in Stark that like. He's an enhanced individual. He doesn't need armor. He doesn't need technology. This guy could just rip a full piece of wood with his bare hands. I remember my movie theater was like, all you heard was like, whoa, like yeah. everybody flipped out when yeah. he did that. And, that's, and that, was a, that was the Kickstarter for Civil War. In fact, Feige mentions it in the presentation. He's like, we all noticed that Stark and Cap don't seem to quite see the things eye to eye right now. And I honestly think that 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 really explains why Stark has this all of a sudden this plan to go find this kid who's like Spider-Man. He's already figured it out. Yeah. Because I personally think he knows that the world is evolving and he wants to make sure that people feel guided. Yeah. And properly and having proper outlets for these things. 
Um, so it's it's really so brilliant, well thought out. Yeah, I like um, that. There, there's a there's a, a mini game in Shenmue Three where you chop wood to get money, mm-hmm. and I played it a lot because it's the easiest way to make money in Shenmue Three. And every time I played it, I just kept thinking of that scene, and I would always be like, "Don't take from my pile." <laughs> <laughs> He's got like a small little pile. Cap's got like so much. But so he goes to find Deer, and then we get the reintroduction of Nick Fury, and I, this is where the movie picks up for me again. Is the second we get Nick Fury back and from uh, Nicholas J Fury. Yeah, and. Uh, and I love that they're all talking about the concept of Ultron and all that, all the stuff, and 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 finding finding out that he's having issues and the, getting the missile codes or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I love the little things, the little intricacies, like Nick Fury, uh, or I think it's Stark's playing darts, and then Hawkeye just lands three bullseyes in one shot, like. Didn't need it, but love that it's there. It's yeah. a great, great connection tool. I like, because of how low-key Hawkeye is, I like being reminded how good he is at what he does. Like, even mm-hmm. though it's not really a power, I love being reminded of his powers. Yeah. Um, I think you can go too far. Um, I'm looking at you, Ben Affleck, Daredevil, where it's like every two seconds they were like, get it? He's blind, but look what he can do. It's yeah, like, yeah. I know. Um, it's a little forced. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there's also, I, I think the most powerful line of this whole film happens here um between hawkeye and and his wife laura Mm -hmm. where uh, they're looking out the window and she says when i see these guys these gods hawkeye interrupts and he says you don't think they need me she says no i think they do which is a lot scarier i i I just got goosebumps when i heard that i was like oh it's a great again whedon's really clever with writing yes he is and directing and um his dialogue's off the hook and i mean that that has a scale on its own because again the avengers when uh, they talk about a lot when there's an avengers level threat it's like gods like these guys are huge gods and they can do very powerful things um like Stark's Iron Man suit is a scary force of nature. Mm-hmm. Like it's very powerful. Um and and then you have Thor who is literally a god. Yeah. And then you have Cap who is like the world's finest soldier. Like these guys are like essentially super powerful beings. So when it's Avengers level threat, it's a big deal. But I agree that Hawkeye is is the consciousness of the group. Like he keeps things real. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's pretty epic. So I agree with you on that. Great line. So they figure it out. They go out and they need to go stop Ultron. Now Ultron is building Vision, which is fantastic to see. Yeah. We're finally getting to see uh, Vision being built, uh, which is really cool. Uh, and and yes, when I did watch the second time, I do apologize. I did I did do the research on Helen Helen Cho, and then I realized it's Amadeus Cho's mom. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Good good call out. Good good adjustment there. You're welcome. Uh, and so yeah, they it's so beautiful. He uses the Mind Stone, and she finally gets it. And uh, it's cool, actually. What I what I wish they did in the movie though was see. I, I hope you say exactly what my next note is. I think you are. Uh, you see him try to go after what I would have loved to seen is him go after different metals, like talk about adamantium and like finding oh. stuff like that. Yeah. And in the comics, he actually goes to the weapon X weapon X facility and steals adamantium. That is cool. Mm. I didn't, that, I like, I would have liked to see that too. Mm. Uh, that, what I had written down was very different. It was just that I thought the reveal when he, when he breaks open the, the cube and the yellow stone is inside, oh, I yes. thought that that reveal should have been a bigger moment. They crack it very fast and very flippantly, and it's just like, Psh, here's a stone. Exactly. Uh, and I think you should have made a bigger moment out of it. Like, mm-hmm. take some time. 
I agree, uh, especially because the the I 100% agree with you. Actually, I did feel that it was a very subtle, like boom. Oh, here's a mind stone. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like kind of like playing catch up. Like you know, like Marvel knows that it's the mind stone, and they think we, the audience, know it is. But it still would have been nice to have because when the power stone's revealed, it's it's like Ooh. collector makes it seem like it's the craziest thing. Yeah. Um, and so what's interesting too is uh, during the Guardians one, I didn't mention this, but um, when they reveal the stone, I had a very established set of ideas of which stone does which. That's right, because the colors are different from what they are in the comics. Exactly. Yeah. And But even, the funny enough is not all comics that have the gems, they're not all the same colors. They're all different. So you mm. never know. But I grew up with the Infinity Gauntlet run, so I felt that the purple one was reality and like i i had it i was like which stone is it right so when the yellow one came out i was like oh weird and i realized it was the mind stone Mm -hmm. so they put it in uh he puts it in but yeah it's so subtle it's just like crack yeah yeah they don't really take a moment to be like oh look here but if you carefully look at the effects it's kind of cool because when he puts the mind stone in you actually see a brain develop inside vision's head so that's really that's really neat to see. The battle sequence with Vision and stuff is fun, um, but I love that. I love that again. He talks about the meteor, uh, and she's like, "I could read." Uh, uh, Scarlet Witch talks about reading his thoughts, um, and sees the meteor, and uh, and then he says, "Yeah, the world has every chance to become stronger from this experience. If they're not, uh, then they need to be wiped out." Uh, and I love the fight sequence. Uh, really well done. Uh, and again, we're seeing the Avengers in full avenging mode. What did you think of Vision himself? Do you think they I'm going to get to that. Okay. I'm going to get to that. Let me let me get through this quick part here. So Scarlet Witch is on the train, and he. I love how broken hearted is uh, Ultron is from like when he when they start to fight against him, and he's like, "Please don't." Yes. I love his plea for like them like don't do this. That's actually a question I had for you is mm-hmm. because of how. Ups- he was genuinely upset when the twins turned against him. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ultron could have been reasoned with? Yes. But the interesting thing, I think absolutely he could be reasoned with, but I think that's what's interesting about it, is mm-hmm. that is that can you justify it? Mm. Because I like that's why that's why this whole premise of Stark and Ultron is really interesting. Because Stark doesn't disagree with him. No, he doesn't. He, there's no point where he's like, this is wrong. He just says he's misguided. Yeah. Yeah. Stark is still mm-hmm. looking at him like he's another one of his suits. Mm-hmm. Um, doing what he asked, just not in the way he wanted it done. But I, I, I got that sense from Ultron, like how hurt he was. I was like, it, somewhere in there, is there just... A, because he is a conscious being now, because he is a sentient being is is there a loneliness in there and you know does this person if this if this robot could you know be um introduced to the concept of like if somebody called him friend yeah. and it was genuine could that have swayed his vote could that have made him change what he was after or mm-hmm. or does his programming override that i think i think actually and this is why hank pym plays a big role and why a lot of people are like this is upsetting mm-hmm. that this didn't happen because Pim gets it. Pim gets what Ultron goes through. Like he gets it. And that's what also makes Pim crazier because he's like, 
He's just like, cause he realizes that it, it, he's, he's also flawed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and Ultron, what Ultron lose, what, why Ultron ends up be, how Ultron ends up being defeated is that Hank Pym convinces him that he was built on a human mind. Therefore uh. he himself is flawed. And then it causes him to shut down. Very cool. Um, yeah, so it's frustrating that we don't get to see the Avengers do enough of reasoning with them. Um, although we do get to see every scene, they do try to talk to him, but it's very quick to action. Right? Yeah. Uh, which is mentioned on the ship. Uh, you know, um, uh, they talk about the omelet. Mm-hmm. Or you can't make it. Uh, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. And then Iron Man's like, "Yo, I beat me in one second. Yeah, you can see it. You can see it that they're quick to quick to fight. Um, he's like, "Yeah." So anyway, so okay, so fast forwarding here. Um, uh, so we go to the vision sequence now. The vision power sequence. Uh, I want to talk about this. Uh, is that uh, first of all, Scarlet Witch is like uh stark is going to fall in the same problems and she says that ultron can't see the difference between you know what's going on right um uh so they go back and then already i love that stark and and rough or stark and banner are like going through the same paces of like oh we could finally do this right Mm. like i love banner's like don't want to do it yeah (laughs) it's really fun um but what's cool about the sequence is there's another deleted scene here that again really gives this scene a lot of breath depth and and just really a lot of umph um there's a huge fight sequence that takes place when vision's power trying to power up cap and cap and iron man do duke it out a little bit which gives it more civil war kind of feeling interesting um i wonder if they if feige was like hey lay off that because they're getting more of that i again don't know and then the cool thing is is that thor comes in breaks up the fight powers up vision vision busts out and starts fighting everybody yeah and you don't get that in this scene. He literally, I love the the pose he does when he lands on the the, the, the casing thing, but um, he does fight Thor a little bit, and then he flies off to the window and then realizes his, himself. Yeah, uh, which is really cool. And if, and I love the subtleties here. Again, Whedon does a lot, speaks a lot of different things uh, with very subtle subtle movements. Is Vision sees Thor as like an inspiration, and he grows, grows the, cape. the cape. I love yeah. that so much. It's just such a wonderful little uh, mm-hmm. little nugget of of who this guy is, and you just you cut to that and you see it. And again, it's it's a, a way to because that's how Vision looks. He's a a big red and green robot with a yellow cape. Love that color scheme, by the way. Oh, um, absolutely. And then it's like, well, he's just a robot in a machine. Why would he have a cape? Here is a logistical reason yeah uh sorry logical reason logical reason for this guy to have a cave is he looks at thor and he's like i want to be like that yeah and and i I love the i love that they solve it through vision they've realized that like he he's got to be stopped and i love that his like point that he's like i love how he explains it's not as easy as taking sides Mm -hmm. but you see he he mentions i'm on the side of life and he and he goes you know i there's no way you'll believe me but we need to go and he takes the hammer Mm-hmm. And it's again beautiful tie into the beginning of the movie, 
which is they all can't lift the hammer except for technically cap and uh vision yeah it's so good at at that point in my life at 2015 is when this came out yeah i had been I, i could count on one hand the amount of times i was in a movie theater and people gasped that was one of those times when vision just casually is like here you go and he hands the hammer to thor i remember my theater just like the you you heard the inhale of of oxygen the room (laughs) filled the inhale of oxygen with wonder the Mm -hmm. only other times i've heard that happen was in rise of the planet of the apes when caesar talks for the first time and in the credits for Cloud Atlas, when you find out who played everybody, because everybody was so like done up in makeup that nobody knew who was who. Oh, true, true, um, yeah. But just hearing a theater gasp collectively is a magic moment. You don't you don't get that too often. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, no, it, it was oh, it was beautiful. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a great way to do it. So then we go through the Avengers getting ready to uh, to go out and avenge, mm-hmm. uh, but. Caps or sorry, Iron Man's going through all these discs, and he picks up Friday, and he loads in Friday because now Jarvis is loaded into Vision. Yeah. Um, but one of the discs says Jocasta. Ooh, she's the librarian from Attack of the Clones. Jocasta knew. I did not know that. But Camino jo- does not exist. <laughs> Jocasta is also a Marvel character, uh, which is the female version of Ultron. Hmm. So it was a nice little nod there. Nice. I see what you did there, Whedon. Nice, nice little, uh, nice little nod Easter egg. But yes, uh, Ultron does get lonely, and he eventually builds himself a robot, a lady robot, um, the Bride of Frankenstein. Well, it becomes very much that kind of story because yeah. uh, because Ultron was built on the brainwaves of Hank Pym. Um, Ultron wanted to capture Janet Van Dyne and take her brainwaves and put it into Joe Costa. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah, Pretty I like that. Cool. Is very um, I thought you'd like that. We're going to play a game mm-hmm. that we play on Rebel Scum Podcast a lot. It's called Never Tell Me the Odds. Ah, yes. You, you know, the, you're this, yeah. familiar with the rules I'm of Never Tell Me the Odds? Yep. All right. So I'm going to ask you the question. For those of you who don't know, I'm just going to ask Ryan a question. I want him to tell me, percentage-wise, the odds of this happening. Okay. When Wanda reads Vision's mind, she tells Vision she looked in his head and she saw annihilation. Mm-hmm. Is she talking about Christine Everhart? Zero percent. That's a joke, but there is a real one. Okay. There is a real one. What are the odds we will see Quicksilver in WandaVision? I'm going to say 60%. Wow. I had, I, I'm significantly higher. I'm going 92%. Really, I think that it is the it's because of how trippy that show is going to be and how she's altering reality. I think it's the perfect place for him to pop up, even if it's just like in a moment where he's like, "Wanda, I'm dead." You know, just that's a horrible Quicksilver. I apologize, but that mm-hmm. like just like a little thing where he where he pops up for a bit. I I would be shocked if he doesn't show up in that show. I really don't think. I don't know if he will. Um, it's too much of a long shot. Uh, Though, yes, losing her brother was very significant to her in that movie. You don't see her really struggle with it later. There's been many opportunities where she could talk about it, but she doesn't. Hmm. Civil War, she could have talked about it. She didn't. That's true. Well, folks, you heard it here. So when WandaVision airs and I turn out to be right, send your complaints to at Ryan J. Whitehead on Twitter. 
uh, and he'll he'll answer every one. Yeah, I'll, I'm happy to discuss yeah. it. If anything, they might show a clip of Age of like moments from Age of Ultron, mm, but I true. doubt I doubt they're going to. That won't it. count. We'll say if, if that happens, it won't count. That's I, fair. Uh, if if uh, if he shows up in new footage, then I win. Like I'm pretty sure if he comes, like they're probably gonna refer back to the clip where he's like, "I'm, you know, I'm two minutes old." <laughs> like that's the Rocky Balboa. No, I was in the neighborhood, you know, learning how to fight. You know, I saw you fight Ultron. Yeah. I thought uh, I don't know no robots, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I honestly think that's the case. Okay, all right. Uh, let me ask you this: What are the odds of uh, Ultron making a comeback? Ooh, in anything like in any pocket of the MCU, including any, including like a any vision and way, wandering? shape, or form. Okay, would it would it count if it was just a shot of him, or would it have to be him like with James Spader saying new lines of dialogue? I never thought that far ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna lead with uh, James Spader. Do I want it? 100. percent Do I think it will happen? If it happens, again, I feel like it would happen in WandaVision or Loki. I feel like what if doesn't count. We can't count what if in this situation because that's a whole other ball. That's a whole different, yeah. So I'm going to say in WandaVision or Loki, odds of Ultron showing up with new James Spader dialogue... 43%. 43%. Yeah, never tell me the odds. Ah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. But you got you bring up a good point. It's possible. What do you think? I think it's pretty high. I, I don't I think that they I think that the Avengers think they wiped out every single last one of them. But if he's connected to the internet well connected to the internet as he as he says he was, or as they thought he was, then I'm pretty sure he would have left a copy of himself somewhere. Hmm. Just the same as I think is Zola. Why on Zola, God's green? Zola for sure. Why on God's green earth would you create a USB port for him if you couldn't just take him somewhere else? Doctor, I'm going to put you in the computer. Just one computer. <laughs> but there's lots more here. No, just one. Trust like, me, nothing's going to happen. Because I'm pretty sure technology has evolved since the time they created Zola to a point yeah. where I'm pretty sure you could fit him in an external hard drive. Uh, Gary Shandling has foresight. <laughs> He's gonna be like, here's a laptop. Yeah. Stick Zola's brain. Yeah, it's we're fine. Yeah, maybe Zola will be on Westworld. Ooh, I'd love it. Yeah, uh, we we were in uh, in sync there. We sound like a barbershop uh, duet for a second. <laughs> uh, I also love how uh, when they all rush into the final battle in oh, I almost said Wakanda in um, oh, what's their place called Sokovia. Sokovia. Thank you. I love how the the Maximoff twins aren't immediately in Avenger mode. They are frightened during their first battle as avengers rightfully so i would be scared if robots were coming out especially if their mm. faces look like those ultron faces that like, frightening uh so i love that they weren't just right away like we're heroes now yeah look how good we mm. are they were cowering and they didn't know what to do and hawkeye had to pep talk them that made me feel like if i was with the avengers that's exactly what would happen i would be huddled somewhere and hawkeye would be like look you either fight or you sit the hell down and let us do our job and don't get in mm. our way well, and I, I do love that scene too. And again, this is where Hawkeye really shined for me. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked that Hawkeye was. Uh, I love that he's like the city is flying, and <laughs> I have a bow and an arrow. <laughs> uh, but like, I love that because 
it really again you have to understand us as the viewers as well as what the characters know right now yeah for them they haven't seen events of this scale and it is ridiculous that hawkeye is doing these things but he's got to do his job Mm -hmm. and i love it and i love oh my god that scene where scarlet witch just blows open the door and just rips apart dudes like it's so good um and i love cap's lines of like oh you know like if you get dead just walk it if you die just walk it off kind of thing like classic you know i feel like that's something my boss would say to me like um yeah he's like if you die just walk it off but yeah like these i think i think quicksilver embraces it a lot faster but scarlet witch like just, uh, faster I yeah, uh. yeah scarlet witch i think that uh she she struggles with it because i think that she has a better understanding of the gravity of the events because she's seen all these visions and all this stuff mm-hmm. so i think that's really cool i love 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 the church battle scene oh my god the oh. who, who was it i have it written down here oh, vision thor and Iron Man when they triple beam yeah. on on Ultron that somebody paint that and put it on my wall. Um, no man, for me it was the the panning the panning camera and you see them all just like taking out people as the camera just constantly circles around them. Oh, and, when they're in like that bell tower. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh man, that's and it, it, people complain about how um it felt like a very stake free fight because they were uh because they weren't in a steakhouse none of the yeah. um, but you know because uh, every bad guy was just like a colorless robot you know they were like a faceless like it was not it's the same thing that people hate on the prequels for it was just clones and robots you know like there there wasn't like a, a human life at stake on on the side of the villains it was yeah. just drones pretty much but i think that that just made it more visually striking um because that whole scene like everybody who's not an avenger kind of blends into the background it's a very gray silver background but then the avengers pop yes they're all colorful and they pop um joss whedon also has a strange thing for how did i word it here uh he has a strange thing for attractive blonde civilians who are constantly being put in jeopardy during the climax the, the second waitress, movie in yeah, row, the like that that lady we just keep following her and she's running around sokovia and i'm like joss what are you doing man like what what is this pattern here uh i just thought that was yeah the waitress in the first one and then the, the sokovia girl in the second one yeah, yeah. makes sense makes sense makes sense toast toast toast, toast. True, true, true true um yeah no absolutely Good point. Uh, I love War Machine coming back with the uh, the helicarrier, uh, and that and I love how Cap says this is what Shield's supposed to be, mm-hmm. which is true. They're they're about support, um, and I uh, love War Machine. He's trying to get his story like a good story, uh, and ah um, oh man, yeah, great sequence overall. And I love how there's a scientific problem that needs to be solved. That mm-hmm. they need to figure out how to get how to destroy the island or the the uh, the island, yeah, essentially, yeah. Uh, while uh, surviving. Mm-hmm. And I love it and uh, saving folks. Yeah. Now, getting into it, getting into it. You want to talk about Quicksilver dying? So let's talk about that. Um, he so, died. So there's actually two films. There's one where he lives, and there's one where he dies. Oh, yeah. There's two endings. So. So that's what Devenger's Edge of Altor is. Is it's the alternate one where Quicksilver lives? Yeah, where Quicksilver lives. Now that guy saw a different. It's movie. Aaron Taylor is his name. Aaron it? Taylor Johnson. Yeah, he was kick-ass. Yeah. Um, so Aaron Taylor, um, I agree with you. It's kind of a, but Quicksilver is a weird kid. Like if he even in the comics, he's very bizarre. He he, he hooks up with Scarlet Witch at one point. 
It's that weird. Oh, boy. Yeah, it gets weird. Um, well, for me, the weirdness has nothing to do with Quicksilver. Like, the character Quicksilver in this movie, I liked him. I thought he was a cool dude. It's it's that actor. And again, nothing against him personally. I, he might be the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just something, everything I see him in, I'm always like, it's like he just... He, he just he, rubs you the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, something about him. Yeah. He sets off my spider sense. So... <laughs> Um, there's a samurai film, I believe, called The Group of Seven, uh, or th- like The Magnificent Seven, essentially. The Seven Samurai? Seven Akira, Samurai, Akira yeah, Kurosawa, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's one. Seven Samurai, can't believe I forgot that. Um, but yes, in that movie, the whole point of it is, is that there's seven samurai, mm-hmm. right? Um, so in The Avengers, there's seven Avengers. Okay. Um, so what happens is... Uh, in Seven Samurai, there's a big battle scene, and in the end, only the old veterans survive. Mm. The young kids get killed, and it sets a real gravity for this movie. And Josh Whedon did two endings where where um, Quicksilver lives and he dies. And they did a test audience, and everyone said when he died, it was more of an impact than when he lived. I agree, and not just because I'm. Don't nice. like seeing that. Yeah. I, I do agree. And I think it's also sweet. And I didn't notice this before that uh, the, the new baby's middle name is Pietro. Yeah. And Hawkeye uh, threw in a little pin, a little uh, Harry Potter Severus Snape action. They, you know, at first they hated each other and you didn't see that coming. And mm-hmm. now he's little Pietro's running around. And again, I agree with it because everything Josh does in that movie is he sets something up, but he, he knocks it down later on. Yeah. Right. Like you have the, the hammer joke and then Vision picks up the hammer. Yeah. Right. You have. Um, you have the you didn't see that coming and then he saves them you didn't see that coming Mm -hmm. uh even hawkeye later on it gets him and he says you didn't see that coming yeah uh you also have um there's another one uh uh war machine story everything boom you're looking for this yeah it's set up but it wraps up later on so uh so yeah so it's all there um oh and language uh, Nick Fury at the end, he says, oh, you kiss your mother with that mouth? I was, I don't know about you, but during the movie, I was, I, I felt it. I was like, it's only a matter of time before Cap swears. And I was like, is he going to drop an F-bomb? Because yeah. I, I would really love this if Cap was just, mm. he just dropped an F-bomb in the middle of the fight. Yeah. Um, but there are some interesting things to point out. Uh, Ultron, when he talks about evolution and he loves the enhanced, he has a problem with Thor. He even says, Thor, I, I have a problem with you. Like, he says it when he's attacking mm-hmm. him. He's like, Thor, you bother me. And yeah. It, and it's and that's an interesting one there, too. Because um, he's not human. So he's... Uh, yeah, he's and I think Tony's whole... You know, the programming of Ultron it, it revolves around protecting the human race. I don't mm-hmm. think Tony accounted for non-humans. Yeah, Thor. You didn't count for Thor, right? Yeah. Um, so there's that there as well. So that's why uh, Quicksilver dies. Is that? Oops, sorry, sorry, Mike. Sorry. Um, sorry, microphone. Sorry, Mike. Um, so that is why uh, Quicksilver dies. Uh, overall, uh, I, again, I think that Ultron was severely underrated. I think he's a oh. really good villain. It, it, the whole movie in general, mm. and him as a villain too. Like we, you know, it, it wasn't necessary to talk about it, but that motorcycle chase when when Ultron's in the truck and and Black Widow and Cap are chasing after him amazing chase scene yeah um but like ultron yeah like he just he he's so creepy and he's so effective uh i think he was a, a scarier and more effective villain than loki mm. i've come at me bro i, th- I think he he was uh 100 uh and he says a line in this movie right towards the end that is it might be my favorite mcu quote 
ever. Wow. And it's it's not even like when you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, really? Like, that's dumb. Uh, it just it made me laugh so much. And I started saying it in my daily life in the way James Bader said it uh, is when uh, he just tries to get away and Hulk jumps in the plane and you just hear off screen Ultron like, oh, for God's sake, like uh, that. Uh, I don't know what it is, but that line just gets me. And the, the thought of James Spader, you know, mm-hmm. he's just, he's trying to get away and he's Ultron and he's this eloquent robot. And then he's just like, oh, for God's sake. Look yeah. at, oh, yeah. I loved it. Um, oh, actually. Okay. So that actually brings up a few, few items that I want to talk, discuss. So originally you talked about uh, Ultron's lonely. Yeah. Uh, and there is a scene where he gets Black Widow and he, and when she's captured and he says, I'm sorry. He's like, I have no one else to share this with. Yes, that's so he right. He does mention he is lonely. Um, then we get uh, Hulk uh, getting on the Quinjet and taking off into space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was clearly, a lot of people were predicting that was going to lead to a Planet Hulk story, which it technically it did. did. Yes, it did. Um, so another foreshadowing there. But the interesting thing enough is that um, uh, Fury mentions... Uh, that they picked up a signal uh and then she mentions he mentioned the coordinates or something and she says oh make sure like oh you know this could be him and he's like oh he's probably in hawaii which could be the coordinates they were talking about which leads me to a theory which i will discuss um Annihilus. it's not a nihilist mm-hmm. you just gotta give that up man it's we'll not, see nihilus i will believe will be a villain just not the way you think will be a villain we'll see uh, sure <laughs> never tell me um <laughs> uh, so so yeah so she says yeah i wish you were here so the location ping that they're talking about they mention i believe they mention it's off the coast of hawaii mm-hmm. um there is a famous fantastic four comic book that takes place in somewhere near hawaii where a giant robot crash lands in that area and it's a kickoff for the secret invasion on the Cree side of it, because a Cree century comes in. Oh, I didn't know there was a Cree yeah. side to the secret invasion. Now the Fantastic Four, are like, oh shit! Like they go and investigate the matter, and they find out that. Uh, Part of my French there, sorry, James. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so the Fantastic Four go investigate the matter, and then they find out Cree century and everything. Um, so yeah, so I thought that was a reference to the Cree century, mm. but they, again, Captain Marvel didn't even acknowledge or n- nothing like it's nothing. So this would be a newer Fantastic Four comic because Secret Invasion was like 08 or 09 or something. No, no, no. So this is classic. This is classic Fantastic Lee Four Kirby stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Okay. A long time ago. So they just hung on to that Hawaii robot for like 56 years and then used them secret invasion so the way the century so during the secret invasion what happens is is that the kree have like a jump point that they 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 have set up to to flank the scroll mm-hmm. and earth stands in the center of that jump point so they need to get earth out of the way so they can jump through it and then go around and take out the scroll so they get strategic advantage um so they send a kree they send a kree sentry in Cree Sentry gets disabled. And so then they send in Ronin to go and investigate the matter and then find out if this population is going to be troublesome. Mm. And through that, they learn that that the Scree the, the Scree. The, <laughs> uh, the Skrull 
uh, have already started taking key roles in the planet Earth and like because they're shape-shifting. Yeah. They already taken like key roles. So they've already started their like invasion. So it is legit evasion from two factions trying to take over this planet. So yeah. So that was a, I thought that was an interesting nod to, uh, to this Cree century. And I thought that could lead somewhere, but. That's right. Yeah. Cause this Hawaii ping, I never even realized that. That doesn't, we haven't heard boo about that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. We'll see what happens there. Yep, um, yep. What do you think about the choice though, Ryan, of ending the movie just before he says assemble? It, it left me on the edge of my, I get like the result was pretty much what, like the way I, the way I felt was what they wanted, which is like everyone just let on the edge of the seat, like say it, say it. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. And then, yeah, it's, I mean, it's classic MCU at this point is to never full out, have to say what the hero like or like what the group's faction's name is because it really doesn't matter like mm. avengers are just a group of superheroes put together right it's like um it's like luke cage it's like uh the netflix characters like never they never go out and say it's bullseye they just you know it's bullseye right and so at this point i agree it's avenger like you don't need to say it but again, it's also it's also they they obviously save it for a more important moment. Exactly, uh, I loved that. But I loved it because again, we see Scarlet Witch all decked out in her new mm-hmm. outfit. We see Falcon all all decked out in his new outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, War Machine being War Machine. We also see Vision being really cool. Yeah, so he yeah. is quite a Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked. Um, I I was very pleased and surprised with uh ending it abruptly like that like and his mouth is just open and he's ready he's ready to yeah, say it and i love that so much uh i there's just something about it it's it's the the subversion of of a cliche it's not even a bad cliche it's you know it's their tagline mm-hmm. but it's just at this point it's it's pure confidence on the movie's part oh absolutely because uh, it's like you know you know what's what's going to be said um you know, if uh, if if they make a, a Star War one day, where uh, somebody is like about to say "May the Force be with you" and they cut away, it's like, you, that's so clever, like because you know that's what they're gonna uh, say. Yeah. There's there's something, and they kind of did it in like Rogue One, where uh, K2SO is about to say, "I have a bad feeling about this," and the other two shush him. Um, it's you you play with that. Yeah, everybody knows the rules. So they can take delight when they see the rules being broken. Exactly. Yeah. So I I I could not love that ending mm-hmm. more. That, oh, absolutely. That great. But that's the end of the movie. That's, that's it. That's well, the end. and then we get the beautiful end credit sequence of Thanos getting oh, his gauntlet. His infinity gauntlet. And he says, "Fine, I'll do it myself." Now I'm assuming that that scene took place in the dwarf's forge. Because yes, he yeah. made him that gauntlet, right? Yeah, it took uh, it took a place in uh, uh, God, uh, Vanaheim, Niflheim. Niflheim. Um, all right, I am adding to our list of characters, mm-hmm. Marvel characters. So I got Ultron. Yep. Um, Helen Cho. Helen Cho. Thank you. Hey, ooh, there you are, Helen Cho. Uh, oh, ooh, and then oh no, because we got him with the soldier. Never mind. Wow, my uh, my computer does not. By computer, I mean phone. But my phone does not want me to uh, click there. There uh, we go. Hold the space button. Helen, show. Um, 
And now Hawkeye's wife is Laura. Yeah, uh, she is a character, but she came in a more contemporary run of Hawkeye. After the movie? Uh, not after the movie. It's the ultimate, ultimate version of Hawkeye. Okay. So, yeah, so she's still, she'll mm-hmm. still count. We'll, we'll include Laura. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's, it's, uh, I have a crush on her, so we have to include Laura. Of course. Uh, Laura Barton. Where's my L's? Mm-hmm. There's my L's. Sorry, my, my list is all over the place today. Yeah. It's tricky because uh, Hawkeye has a couple of runs. Uh, there's a really good run done by a guy named Robert Fraction, I think it is. Matt Fraction? I know there's a yeah, guy named Matt, Matt Fraction. Yeah, Matt Fraction, I think it was. But uh, it's a fraction, someone with the last name Fraction. Uh, but he does an incredible run of Hawkeye. And even Hawkeye has like a brother. And, Beautiful. Yeah, he's like an arrow guy too. Oh, I like that. Um who else? Did we meet any other new characters? Oh, Vision. That's kind of important. Yeah, Vision. Vision and Parton. And alphabetically, he comes right after Ultron. There you go. Coincidence. Coincidence. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> um, who died? Quicksilver died. Ultron died. Ultron, or did he? Well, I personally think he did. I think he did. I too. think he's dead. And or sorry, I, I'm pretty sure at this point he's dead for now. And I think you will agree with me 100%, but uh, his gravestone in the cemetery is a statue of him in the chair. <laughs> the geometry of belief. The geometry of belief. Uh, it's it's like the uh, the Jebediah Springfield statue where it says mm-hmm. a noble spirit and biggins the smallest man. It just says, the geometry of belief. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Quicksilver's grave uh, says, you didn't see my death coming. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, that cemetery's filling up. That's uh, that's not a small list of dead bodies. Uh, first hero, or is it the first hero? I'm pretty sure it's the first hero. First hero, hero uh, well, Coulson. I'm counting yeah, Coulson. Yeah, Coulson, yeah. But uh, first superhero death. First superhero death, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what are we going to rate Avengers Age of Ultron? This uh, one, excuse me, Avengers Edge of Altor. What are we gonna rate? This one, uh, actually, I'll let you go first. I'm going to let you go first on this one. This was tricky. Yeah. But what I landed on was, do you want to guess before I say it? Five, five. That's exactly what yeah, I meant. Well done. Well done. Nailed it. We almost missed that high five, we, by the way. So that, <laughs> that would have been really nerdy had it been caught on YouTube. I would have like fallen over. My mm-hmm. momentum would have dragged me. I would have fallen through your window. But the question is, why do you give it five? Because I think it's a very solid movie that um, clearly has pieces to it that I wish were there. Mm-hmm. Pieces that were taken out. Yep, um, agreed. We didn't even talk about Selvig being in the movie. But no, yeah, there, exactly, because yeah. he was in those moments where it feels like bites have been taken. Yeah. But all in all, I think it's a solid friggin' Marvel movie. It's such a thick, juicy piece of MCU lore. There's so much in there. Uh, and I, I just think it's, you know, you, you can't skip it. This is not... People are so flippant with this. People are so like, oh, it's Age of Ultron. This is the, this is the stupid one. No, it isn't. No, it it's is good. Not. It's a solid film. Yes. Solid film. I I would agree. Actually, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to give it five. Five, five as well? Yeah, five as well. Uh, we keep matching. Uh, and the reason why I give it that is is very much because of the broken scenes. I really feel like there's some real genuine moments. And then the film, for some reason, just doesn't flow. Like, there's something missing. Mm. And it really takes away from it. But aesthetically this one was gorgeous it was awesome great characters great writing 
Dialogue in this one was on point. Oh, you you can't touch Whedon when it comes to dialogue. No. He is just, he's, he's a ninja with dialogue. No, absolutely. So yeah, that's why I give it five. I, I agree it's five. And then, and credit sequence was fantastic. Um, but that's that's it for phase, almost phase two. We got Ant-Man left and then we're on to phase three. That's it. Ant-Man. Ant yeah, he is. Ant-Man. He become the Ant-Man. Uh, it's too late to change the name. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I love Paul Rudd so much. Oh I'm yeah, really it's gonna be that. good. And uh, Ant Man is is a series too that I think um, I think it has the potential to grow beyond a trilogy like Thor did. Yeah. I think that whatever Ant Man three ends up being has the potential to be so good that they're like, oh man, like keep going, don't stop at three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I, I hope they do a third Ant Man. I really do. I don't. I but my I'm hearing rumors that the the third Ant Man is going to be a Disney Plus series. Really? Yeah. Don't do that, Disney. Come on, make your series different from your like make it a different thing from your movies. Don't just continue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stop it. He's already got movies, so he needs a third. Yeah. Yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier don't have a movie. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to make the Ultron movie where it's just him. Then you can do that on Disney Plus, whatever. Yeah. You can call it Edge of Altor. <laughs> Plus. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm so pleased with this movie. I always am. And uh, whoever hates it, uh, you can go, uh, you can go do something else instead of. You can go enjoy Justice League. Yeah, go, go enjoy uh, all uh, two hours of what should have been a four-hour movie. <laughs> go, go enjoy Justice League. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Take that. Have fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Saving the the village in Russia from bats. <laughs> Whatever that <hell> was. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and that's the geometry of belief, right? Oh, that sounds like a like an eighties love ballad. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the geometry of belief. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> You didn't see that coming. Yeah. How can you protect something that's meant to evolve? Peace and our time. <laughs> see, we could go on and on, but we won't. Uh, oh, thank you good. for listening. Yep. Uh, always, uh, always remember to like and subscribe and do all the stuff that you're supposed to do to content Re creators. Rate, review, and subscribe the Rebel Scum Podcast Network. See, Ryan's on the ball. That's it. I'm, I don't know what I'm on, but it's not the ball. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining me on this uh, Avengers thank Assembly you, Quest. Oh, uh, um, always a pleasure. Always yeah, a pleasure. It's a dream. It's a dream. Uh, we'll see you guys for Ant Man. Mm -hmm. Come and it's the answer is yes. It is too late to change the name. Uh, until then, have a marvelous day. For God's sake.